Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Joe Vitale with another Hypnotic Gold audio interview for Hypnotic Gold members only. And I'm very excited because I've managed to find a longtime friend, somebody who deeply influenced me, I don't know, 20 years ago. With her teachings and her seminars, it was actually a defining moment for me. So to find her and to get her to agree to do this interview has just been amazing for me. So I'm very excited. This is a historic interview, historic moment. We're going to be covering a lot of things that you'll be able to immediately use and take to the bank. Uh, first of all, I want to make sure she's on the line. So, Donna, can you just say hello? Hello, Joe. everyone. <laughs> well, thank you for doing that. I have Donna Fisher on the line. Now, who's Donna Fisher? First of all, you may already know her. She's been around for a long time. She's written a bunch of books. She's on the professional speaking circuit. She's a professional networker. She teaches people how to do networking. So you may have heard the name. Uh, a little bit more about her, though. After being labeled an introvert as a young woman, Donna Fisher focused on learning how to expand her comfort zone and connect with people. She's an entrepreneur at heart and loves to create and grow fun and profitable businesses and teach others how to do the same. For over 18 years, she's been teaching and writing about the art and skill of communicating and connecting. Her books, Power Networking, People Power, and Professional Networking for Dummies, have been translated into five languages recommended by Time Magazine and used as textbooks in major universities. And you definitely want those books. I'm familiar with all of them and helped give birth to at least the first yeah. one. Those are Power Networking, People Power, and Professional Networking for Dummies. And we'll be talking about all of this as we go into this. Donna's programs include Drumming Up Business, First Impression Marketing, How to Tweet Your Business, and In the Beginning is Your Word. Donna shows professionals how to communicate and connect to create powerful teams, marketplace visibility, and new opportunities. She believes in the power of your words and your ability as a leader to communicate and connect with people for a greater good. So Donna is an international author of five books. She's a keynote speaker for corporate meetings, conferences, conventions. She's a business owner, uh, the Percussion Center, Houston's only music store that specializes in drums and percussion. She's the founder of the Texas Big Beat Drumming Charity Event. She's former executive director of the Houston Center for Attitudinal Healing. She's award-winning marketing rep with major corporations. She is a, oh, I didn't know this, NIA White Belt and certified NIA teacher. Uh, full of surprises. Uh, an introvert who learned how to network and a certified speaking professional, Donna Fisher. Donna, thank you oh for being goodness. here. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing to hear all of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you. <laughs> That's I'm, all you and your accomplishments uh, and so much more. And um, it's an honor, Joe, and I am mm. so thrilled to reconnect with you in the way that we have over the last few months because you've been a major part of my life and my success and very definitely that first book happened with your support, and um, I'm always grateful for that. So I'm thrilled to be here on the phone with you. Well, we probably could start there because it was a win-win when we first met. Yeah. I attended a seminar that you were doing at the time, and I, I told you this recently yeah. when you were at the Zero Limits event, but I want to tell it so everybody hears it firsthand. And this was a defining moment in my career because, of course, many people know I was homeless, I was in poverty, then when I was working for myself and trying to be an author and an entrepreneur, I struggled uh, desperately and unhappily for a very long time. But part of the problem was I was doing it by myself, and I was relying on just me. It was me just trying to wrestle the world down to the ground and win. 
and I attended your seminar, and you were talking about people who practice the Lone Ranger Syndrome. And I was a lone ranger. I was trying to do it all by myself. And you taught me and everybody else how to ask for help. And the way you got me to consider that, because I've heard that before. I mean, we've all heard ask for help. Sure. But we don't do that. Right. And you asked that marvelous question, how do you feel when somebody asks you for help? How do you feel when somebody makes a request of you for help? And I thought about it, and I thought, well, I feel great. I'm glad to help. And she went on, you, Donna, went on to say that when you don't ask, you are depriving the other person of that experience of joy. Right. Whoa. I began asking, and, well, look where I'm at now. I mean, part yeah. of part of where I'm at is learning how to ask. I asked you if I can interview you. Yeah. I mean, it's all about asking. Just I, maybe speak to that for a minute because there are a lot of people who are still – online entrepreneurs trying to do it all by themselves and that's in a way self-sabotage isn't it absolutely and thank you for sharing that it means so much to me that that made that kind of a difference in your life and that whole principle of asking is so important because we live in a culture that has very much supported the idea that we're supposed to know it all have it all do it all be the best and do it on our own Hmm. and it's this comes up against that and yet it's so important. My premise is we're all here on the planet at the same time to be of support to one another, not to play Lone Ranger. So, <laughs> and that it is a matter of reaching out and asking. And I still ask people that question, Joe. You know, mm. think of the time somebody, somebody sincerely called and asked you for help. And how did you feel? And I always get flattered, acknowledged, honored that they thought of me, glad to be of help. Yes. And I ask that to get people to turn their thinking around. And again, to realize, just like you said, when you don't ask, you deprive people of the opportunity to experience that. And well, this, this raises an inter- excuse me, it raises an interesting question that I know has to be on a lot of people's minds, and it ties into the whole subject of networking and asking and all the things that you are a specialist in and all the things I want you to explain. But the thing that comes up is there are so many people who are either, if not downright shy, yes. they're intimidated or feel awkward or feel uncomfortable or feel embarrassed right. about going to meetings, meeting other people, mm-hmm. uh, getting on the phone, being face-to-face with complete strangers, talking to them, asking requests of them. I mean, I've been there. People know yes. that I speak a lot now, but... I'm a reluctant speaker and still at times fight with my wanting to just be in a corner and be by myself. Um, uh, yeah. how, how do they handle that? The people that are listening going, yeah, that's fine, but I can't ask for help or let alone go to a business meeting and network and exchange business cards. Yeah, how do I get and, past that? You know, and, and probably you know, that may be the case with a lot of people who have the very successful online businesses and you know, or haven't always had to get out there and do that. Or, mm-hmm. But it's, it's a very important piece, and I relate to that as well. When I say an in, I'm an introvert who learned how to network, I te- on all those personality tests, I test introvert, mm. and not even borderline, major. <laughs> and, Joe, after about seven years of teaching, researching, writing, and teaching about networking, there was this time I think I was feeling really good about myself, and I thought, I'm going to go take one of those personality tests again. I was just feeling so good about myself. Yeah. <laughs> I tested the same. That really? Didn't, that didn't change. 
But what happened was I had learned how to honor my strengths and my challenges and my weaknesses and look at my weaknesses in terms of how can, how can I learn from this, not necessarily as a weakness but an area for growth so that it doesn't hold me back. And how do I utilize the things that I'm good at and uh, utilize those even more? Because sometimes the people who are shy and test introverts, they have a tremendous ability to connect. Hmm. You know, being in a group might be overwhelming. It might be too much stimulus sometimes. But, but I, some of the most powerful networkers I know are very laid back and low key. But they know how to focus. They know how to pay attention. They know how to listen. And all of that's what builds relationship and helps to gather information. Oh, I have so many questions. Yeah, and let me say one other thing while I'm thinking yeah, about go it. Ahead, go the ahead. other thing for people to think about when they go out to networking events is is to re- oftentimes we feel like we're the only one that feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, 80%, more than 80% of the people feel a little uncomfortable walking into that room not knowing people. Yeah. So if you realize everybody else is in this, you know, similar situation, you know, then go in. I say shift your focus. I the the, the thing is you can't be uncomfortable unless you're mm-hmm. focused on yourself. Mm. If you go in and you start focusing on other people and putting them at ease rather mm-hmm. than worrying about your own unease, then it shifts the whole thing. So well, you're taking care of other people. I, I love this, and I want to come back to this in a moment and ask you a couple questions. But the first thing I want to confirm to make sure I heard this right, okay. are you still considered to be an introvert by your own analysis and by the test that you would take? I am. Now, that I find absolutely shocking because I know you, and I have seen you in public environments. I've seen you on stage speaking. Um, I've seen you at my own events. I've seen you at luncheons. I've been at your seminars, and you don't come across that way at all. Well, a lot of people are surprised, except the people who maybe are around me on a day-to-day basis. Uh And maybe even there, what I learned about myself as an introvert is that I have to, I do have to have a certain amount of time to myself mm-hmm. so that I can feel centered and recharged and go out there and be with people. Mm. So it's not about, because I love being with people as long as I'm not drained. Yes. And if I'm drained, I can't. And I had to learn, and this, this came about through my speaking career when I was traveling a lot and being with a lot of people, and I started just feeling drained. And I was like, and yet, when I'm up in front of a room and when I'm speaking about something like this that I'm passionate about, I actually feel energized. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn when I'm traveling and around a, a lot of people to take, make sure I was taking time, alone time. I have to have a certain amount of alone time because mm-hmm. that's where I recharge and that's where my mind is able to think and relate. And then I can go be with people. But if I try to go be with people all the time without paying attention to my needs, then I run out of juice and steam. So the thing is, I get on a plane after an event, and I may not, I may, that's where you may see that introvert. You just, like, mm-hmm. hide in my book and mm-hmm. doesn't talk, whereas the extrovert is liable to keep talking on the plane to everybody. <laughs> right? So what I'm hearing is that you're taking care of yourself, for one thing. Yes. You, you know what you're good at, you know what your parameters are, and while you may have your fiery moments when you're on stage and you're mm-hmm. expressing your passion, which I think is very revealing in itself, uh, you also have your moments where you're taking care of yourself. It's like right. once you're bathing and the other one you are bathing and being a star. 
Yeah. Um, but you're taking care of yourself. And I, ha- I really had to learn that. That was a learning process for myself, that it was important for me to schedule that time for myself so that I could be with people well, I in think the that's... way that I desire to people and that I have the ability to network and reach out to people when there's an opportunity for that. And my desire is to have the networking happen in a way. Well, the, the, one of the ways I relate to it is the masterful networkers, you never notice they're networking. Mm. There's not a, it's not a technique. There's not mm-hmm. something specific that they do. It's in the way that they are approachable and available and relate to people. Oh, but, I got on, on the breaks mm-hmm. at those conventions and conferences, I will probably go take a walk by myself. Or uh-huh. I might go up to my room for 15 minutes so that I have that mix of, mm-hmm. again, taking care of myself and giving myself some um, <clears throat> alone time so that I can go back and be with people. But, see, people don't notice that I go do that. Right. Yeah. And they don't notice because they're all tied up in themselves and their own world and what they're doing. Yeah, but, th- yeah. And, but I think that's a good point because I know that I've gone to different events and I've been with Nerissa who will often go with me. And for a moment, well, she will say or I will say something about what we're wearing or what we're going to be doing or what people are going to ask us. And what we remind ourselves is people are in their own homes before the event doing the very same thing we're doing. Exactly. They are worried about their appearance. They're worried about how they're going to interact. They're worried about what they're going to say. They're worried about what they're going to be asked. Right. And then when I remind myself of that, there's a great freedom. Exactly. I can now walk into the room knowing they're all absorbed with themselves. Mm-hmm. I can I can now go and absorb, uh, kind of join in with their absorption and right. ask them questions about themselves. Right. But they all walk in with some fears. Exactly. It's what I was saying, and, and it's, you're saying it, it, you're reinforcing that that when mm-hmm. we realize that, then it's you know then it releases some of our fears because it's like yeah. oh I don't have to worry about what they're thinking about me and what I'm wearing because they're absorbed in their self. Now, how yeah, can I go they're wondering what you're thinking about what they're wearing. Yeah, so how can I go be with them? How yeah. can I go be with them in such a way that I put pe- put them at ease? The whole thing with networking is it's not about teaching, preaching, or impressing people. See, it's not about impressing people. It's about putting people at ease so that we can connect, so that by connecting, then we can find ways to contribute to one another and make a difference. Well, we have to stop here because you and I are just kind of jumped into this, and I want to make sure everybody's on the same page and they all understand what we're talking about. You've used the word networking a lot, and so have I. What is networking? I, I know there's going to be some people going, I heard the phrase, and maybe they know what we both mean. Maybe they don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. What's your definition of networking? For me, networking is about connecting with people. It's about connecting with people in such a way that we build trust, rapport, and relationships so that we feel safe and comfortable in sharing ideas and creating new opportunities for one another. Mm. So I really always reinforce it's about connecting because a lot of people go out and say they're networking, but they're not really, they're meeting people, but they're not connecting with people. Mm -hmm. And then it feels shallow, and then it's not fun, and then no results happen, and they go, well, this networking thing doesn't work. And I go, it's not the networking that's not working. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's what you're doing. It's that you're not connecting. And sometimes the not connecting doesn't happen for the re- reasons you were saying a minute ago, Joe, is we're self-absorbed. You can't connect with somebody when you're self-absorbed. Mm. You have to be able to reach out to people and be vulnerable to some extent in terms of just making that connection, finding a commonality. It's, sometimes it's as simple as just finding something you have in common with 
somebody else. But the truth is, the way I look at it is, again, we're all on the planet at the same time. That's our, that's our basic connection. We're connected as mm-hmm. spiritual beings, as human beings. So start from there. And if we're at the same event, well, then there's a connection. Mm-hmm. We're at the same event together. So it's like come from the connection that's already there rather than looking for one and then find out how to reinforce the connection that's already there. Oh, I like that. Come from the connection that's already there. So there's already a shared one yeah. because of the very location, the very experience that you're having. Yes, exactly. And you can build on that. Yes. Well, what times we're coming from that we're not connected, that we're separate, and we're looking for a way to connect. Mm. And so we just shift that. That's a marvelous insight because that's true. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking of all the times when I would struggle to find a way to connect instead of looking at the reality of the moment. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, it, it's it's the event itself or it's wherever right. I'm at. Well, let's look at that for a second because you're talking about networking in a way that sounds like it's all about seminars and live events. And when you and I first met, I, I'm sure it was before the Internet, and yes. we were all we were going to breakfast groups, yes. lunch groups, dinner groups, after-hour groups, uh, drink groups. I remember I was on the speaking circuit in Houston, and it was like, man, it was a great way to gain weight because all I was doing <laughs> was going. They were meeting over meals, right, all, all the time, right. And and that's certainly one way to network. So maybe we should look at the different ways that networking can happen. So networking is connecting with people. Where can that be taking place besides just an event or a seminar? Well, actually, I say networking can happen anywhere where there are two or more people. Uh-huh. Because networking simply happens through conversation. So anywhere that there are two people who are in conversation, then networking can happen. Networking can happen because then the conversation can lead to greater connection, greater relationship, and the conversation can lead to the sharing of information that creates an opportunity to um, give a contact, give a lead, ask for a contact or lead. It's the sharing of information that will contribute and lead to a result and make a difference. Now, the thing is, um, is also it's about being respect, respectful and appropriate to the environment that you're in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so really we we can meet someone anywhere, and this will will take this into the kind of the online venue as well. But we mm-hmm. can meet someone anywhere and strike up a conversation. And there's the possibilities for what I call networking there. I mean, even if, and then there are certain events that are set up for that. That's the purpose of it. Yeah. And that's where you're given permission. And that's where it's important to learn and focus on how to approach people and how to introduce yourself that makes it easy for people to connect with you and mm-hmm. how to engage in conversation that's interesting and goes somewhere and how to mingle so people can really meet more people. Mm-hmm. But even if you're at, and a lot of people might go, well, what if I'm at a wedding? I mean, that's not a place to network. And I'd go, well, no, that's not a networking event, but there's a very good chance that when you're at a wedding you're going to meet some people and talk to yeah. some people that you already know. And the idea is use the same principles because what you're, you're always, there's always the opportunity to connect and be a resource for somebody when you're in conversation. Mm-hmm. And it happens mainly through paying attention to people and listening and training yourself to listen as a resource so that it's not just small talk conversation. It's not just idle chit-chat. Mm-hmm. That really you're listening. You, I encourage people to develop a childlike curiosity. 
Mm. That when you meet somebody and you're really like, wow, I wonder who this person is and what they're about and what makes them tick and what they're up to, then you're real likely, that energy is likely to be conveyed such that you find out some interesting things about them. And you're always listening to see what you might come back and offer them. So I talk to you and you tell me you're traveling somewhere, you've got such and such a project, and I might go you know, be able to come back and say, well, Joe, I know somebody who just came back from there. Or, mm. you know, would that be helpful for you to meet them? So yeah. the way I relate this, Joe, is, is the everybody is a wealth of information, ideas, and contacts. All that information is sitting in our mental computer. And it is just like when we go onto the Internet and we Google a search mm -hmm. and we look for information. So when I'm listening and talking to someone, I'm listening to see where I can be a resource. And I'm listening for the words if somebody goes, well, I'm having trouble with or I'm working on such and such a project or I'm looking for or then they're about to share something with me that I can, I can look to see if I have anything I can offer that would be of value to them. Now, I want to stop you right there because you've said something very important that I want to make sure everybody hears. You are focused on helping the other person. Exactly. You're not listening to find out what do they have in their pocket that they can give to you. Right. You're listening to find out what is their interest, what are they doing, what do they need, what are their problems, so that you can find a connection there in some way. You can be a resource. And this right. is one of the other things I, I learned from you those decades ago in those seminars when you talked about sharing information and the phrase win-win came up. Yeah. Because what you're looking for here is not to see what they can do for you. Right. You're looking, how can I help them? Yeah. And I know when people have done that with me, I create, or they have created by doing it, a relationship, if not an outright friendship, that can last forever. Yes. Because yeah. you don't forget that when somebody does that for you. Right, and more so than ever nowadays because people are so busy and they've got so much on their mind that when you are present that way with somebody and listening that way, you connect. You connect in a way that people will remember you and appreciate you, just like you said. Well, do you so have a, a relationship uh, that starts there. Do you have a story or two that might kind of bring this to light? something that stands out from, I mean, you've got all these different books, Power Networking, People Power, Professional Networking for Dummies, and, of course, your website is DonnaFisher.com, and we will give all of this out to people uh, later. And I know you have a special offer for everybody listening right. for Hypnotic Gold that we'll get to later. But do you have a story or two, that you know, something that kind of illustrates this? It's a favorite one or a funny one or a juicy one? Well, or one of my, well actually, one of my favorite ones was in, Right, it was, and you you may recall this when I was writing the Power Networking book, and I was looking for, you know, people to give endorsements for you know mm. people to re read the draft, and you know how you always like to send the draft out, send yeah. the manuscript out as it's going to print, and get some testimonials from people. And I was calling some people, and I was not getting through what's called the gatekeeper. And then I went, well, Donna, you know, practice <laughs> what you teach here <laughs> you know start asking you know the people that you know you know who do you know that could help me make contact with so-and-so so i started networking my way to reach these people and uh one of the people was harvey mckay who oh yeah written several several books mm -hmm. out there and his books are very much related to this information about the value of building relationships for building your business 
And so um, something happened that we, after trying our own, that we started networking our way to Harvey McKay. (laughs) And we found a link there of uh, somebody that we knew that knew him, reached out and called and made the request. You know, we've got this book coming out. We'd really like to see if we could get it in front of Harvey McKay. Can you help? Would you help us? So it's about stepping up and asking. I love that. I got to also uh, point out that that question has deeply influenced me. Yeah. And I have taught that question to many, many people, and I want to make sure people hear the the wording of it, because you didn't say you didn't walk up to somebody and say, "Do you know Harvey McKay?" Right. You asked this question in a specific way. Right. And uh, let me see if I get this correct. It was along the lines of, "Who do you know?" who may know a way to reach Harvey McKay. Right. So, in other words, you were linking people using the old philosophy, which I also learned from you, that we're basically only five or six people from anybody on the planet that's alive today. Right, and I think that's gotten smaller with the Internet. <laughs> with the Internet. They're, they're a click away. They're an they're email away, away yeah. very often. Yeah. And I, I have actually used your methodology, the very stuff we're talking about, the very stuff I learned from you firsthand, to get to Donald Trump, to get to Richard Branson, and to get to some other characters, including today I got to Suzanne Summers. And, and of course, I'm in a position where I know more people at this point. But when I was going after Donald Trump, that was probably in 98. And I was using the method of asking my circle of friends at that point, who do you know who may know a way to reach Donald Trump? Right. And once you put that out there, you have a domino effect where you, right. you could be amazed how close those people are. Right. That one of my premises is everything you want and need, the desire, is available and right around you because all those people were within your reach. Mm. It was just a matter of finding out, finding the connections to them. So everything's available. It's just a matter of asking and utilizing the asking to take the stepping stones to get to where you want to get to. And the other key thing about the asking is, and I tend to always think people know this, but I'll mention it, because people will oftentimes in the arena of networking ask, do you know anybody? And I say, no, don't ask that way. Ask instead, who do you know? Who do you know, given that I've got a book coming out, who do you know that can help me reach? Donald Trump or Harvey McKay or Joe Vitale, mm-hmm. who do you know? You want to ask their mental computer. It's like the search engine thing. You're asking yes. the computer, who do you know, and then you give them the criteria, like a search engine. So you're doing a Google search in their mental computer. Mm. So you don't ask, do you know anybody? You ask, who do you know? And then you be very specific with the keywords that will help them go into their mental computer to be able to come back and give you what you're looking for. Now, i got to ask a question that may be a, kind of a skeptical one that I'm imagining are in some people's minds okay. that are listening. They may have the assumption that they need to know a lot of people. There may be somebody that's a hypnotic gold member that's living in a town in Iowa or Minnesota or North Dakota or something, just mm-hmm. make up someplace. And they may feel like, I don't know anybody, and I'm not a member of a business group. I don't go to networking groups. I just have my family and friends. Mm -hmm. How do you address that, and how do you teach them to expand to create the bigger circle of relationships, if they, in fact, even need to? If they even need to is the great piece there, because oftentimes what people are not aware of, and this is where awareness and consciousness is so much a part of the 
effective networking is oftentimes they're not even aware of the power of their circle mm. and the power of the network that they already have. You know, because oftentimes they don't know who that neighbor down the street knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't know. Maybe that person, you know, used to work for such and such a company, or maybe that person has a family member that lives in New York next to mm-hmm. the person. You know, so the thing is to, to keep one's mind open to the infinite possibilities of a small group of people when they are networked together. So that's one thing, is to open the consciousness and the awareness of the power of even, you know, a few links. And one of the mistakes that people make sometimes is they assume. They go, well, I don't know anybody who knows. Mm -hmm. And so they don't ask. And it's like, don't assume, just ask. And um, and don't make up, don't, don't decide things for other people. This is one of my other real key things. I see people go, you know, just go, well, they probably don't have time or they're probably too busy or they probably don't have any contact, so they never ask. Mm. And I'm like, don't decide for other people. Ask. Give, give people the opportunity as adults to choose and decide for themselves if they can help or respond or give you what you want and what you're looking for. Do you think and, that... And, one, and <laughs> to come from asking... Asking is not a sign of weakness. So this is one of the key mm. things to shift, which we kind of talked about in terms yeah. of this, like giving people the opportunity to contribute. When you have a passion and a vision and a goal that you, you are, you know, up to, that you're accomplishing, ask from the strength of your vision. Ask from a place of strength. It's not about weakness to ask for help or support or information. It's really like I'm up to something, this is what I'm looking for. And people love to rally and support people who are up to something. Isn't that the truth? When you've come across somebody who's pursuing their dream and they're obviously sincere and they're obviously excited and they're obviously showing their passion, you want to be a part of that fire. You want to join the, the rocket. And if you can help, it goes back to what we initially talked about, is that you get to feel good, right. and they get to feel good. I mean, it's just, ultimately, it's this wonderful win-win. It's that win-win thing again. And in some of my workshops and sessions, I talk a lot about asking, and then I open it up for people to make requests, just make mm. requests out to the group. Mm-hmm. And they get to experience and really notice right then and there for themselves how much people want to help and contribute mm-hmm. and how everybody gets what they're asking for. No matter how big the group is, everybody gets what they're asking for simply because they asked. And if they hadn't asked, they would have left that group and missed out on some resources. Wow. Do you believe that people need to join what I'll just put in quotation, networking groups? Do they need to join the Kiwanis or, you know, the local business group or start one? I mean, is that essential or uh, what are your thoughts on it, pro or con? I don't think it's essential. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for people to really, like with anything, think about what's their purpose and what do they want to accomplish and what will serve them. If somebody's shy and an introvert, you know, though it might be a good idea as a way for them to to step out of their comfort zone and begin to develop their people skills Mm. and do it for that reason. But it might be good to do it for that reason rather than initially going in to get leads and contacts. Do Mm -hmm. it for personal growth. And then once you've grown in that arena, then the networking will just start happening naturally. Mm. Um, Business owners, small business owners, sole proprietors, entrepreneurs, I recommend. I recommend getting in a group organization of other business owners so that you have a peer group. Mm -hmm. You have a support group of people that you build a relationship with 
that you know you can call on and count on when you have business questions that maybe you can't you know you can't go to your employees with or anybody nobody else yeah. would understand except people who have their own business so i think there is great value in that arena the main thing i say is check with, there's so many different kind of clubs and organizations around that's the good news you know think about what your purpose is and then just check network mm-hmm. and ask the people that you know where they go and what groups they belong to and go and visit and find a group where you really enjoy the people where it's fun to go, where it's mm-hmm. good interaction, and where you're, where you're satisfying what it is that you're going there for. Would you say that the networking group is a variation of a mastermind group? Is there so, any difference, or are they the same? Uh, some of them are more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, are more, some are more social. Some are more service. The Qantas and Rotaries are ideally are set up to be service, but they're very strong in just business networking as well. So some mm-hmm. are set up. So part of the thing is find out the purpose of the group. Mm. Some are social, some are um, service, some are business, some are very much lead groups. You're required to bring in leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, nonprofits, but I say even participating in nonprofit organizations, Joe, and I know you yeah. have some things happening in that arena, that's a great place to go and get involved and get to know people. And, again, in that environment, the networking will just naturally happen because you are doing something together for a common good. Mm. Well, what what are some specific tips do you have? Uh, you know, a handful of them to help people when they under to go to implement networking, so that they know what they're doing, they feel more comfortable. Since actually networking can take place on an elevator, you actually have somebody else in there. There's a potential for a connection, but how do you connect? Or if they're at that wedding that you referred to, or in some cases, people go to an internet marketing seminar, or they go to zero limit seminar. Or they go to, who knows, a book reading group. (laughs) What do they do when they're there? There's that sense of awkwardness. It's like, well, my name is Joe. What do I say after that? Uh, (laughs) Do you have some tips there? Sure. And sometimes sometimes it is just as simple as um, a smile, a hello, Mm. uh, just a, hi, my name is Joe. Mm -hmm. That is the initial step. That creates an approachability. So sometimes it's as simple as that, and then it could be, I I teach something called conversation initiators and conversation generators. Hmm. And so that's about, again, thinking about where you are, uh, the purpose of the event that you're at, or if there is no, just what what kind of comment can you make on something, maybe in the environment or something about the event or that people can easily respond to. You want to say something that's easy for people to respond to. You don't want to put them on the spot again. Mm-hmm. You want to make them approachable. One of my examples is if I go to, let's say I go to a convention or an organizational meeting that I've never been to before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know anybody there. I've heard about it. I'm kind of curious about it. And I, I'm standing. I go over to get you know, some refreshments or whatever, and I'm standing there next to somebody, and I I might just say, this is my first time here. What can mm. you tell me about this group? Now, the thing there is that makes me the vulnerable one. Yeah. Right? And then that person gets to help me out. Mm. Now, that person might, it might be their first time, too, which would actually be fine. Then we're kind of buddies because it's, <laughs> it, you know, it's like, well, me too. It's like, right. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> or 
it might happen to be that I say that to the founder of the group. And they go, oh, well, let me tell you, and I might hear more than I ever wanted to hear about it. Mm -hmm. But the main thing was I made a statement that um, put the attention, that made me the vulnerable one and allowed the other one to contribute in whatever way they chose. Now, you said the word vulnerable three times so far in this conversation, so that's got to be significant. Why do why do you want to be or I want to be or anybody want to be vulnerable when they go into a business or networking group anywhere? Well, I when I use the word vulnerable, I may have to see if there's a better word, but it's really about being open. If you mm-hmm. think about it, to build a strong relationship, you have to be a little bit vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. You have to let people know. And with networking, what you've got to do is you've got to let people know of what your passion is, what your business is, you know, what you're looking for. And that's a little bit vulnerable to say, you know, to call somebody and say, mm-hmm. you know, my book's coming out and I want some feedback. Would you be willing to read the draft and give me some feedback? Mm-hmm. That takes some vulnerability. But there's no other way to do it. Mm. And to, I've got to just be strong within If I'm strong within myself again about what I'm doing, it doesn't really come up as vulnerability to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing what's next. Yeah. But some people, I use the word, I guess, because I know some people back off, mm-hmm. and I'm attempting to get them to realize it's just a natural part of the relationship-building process. Yeah. Well, I understand what you mean by the word vulnerable. Uh, another word that comes to mind, and I'm not saying this is mm-hmm. the replacement, but it's just another thing to consider, is you're being open. Yes. A lot of people go into events, including myself. I'll find myself being guarded. Yes. But if I if I go in with a more open yes. mentality about myself, feeling, oh, you're safe, just go and explore other people right. and ask questions about them, then in one sense I could say I'm vulnerable, but in another sense, psychologically, I'm just being open. Yes. So a, yeah. It, it might just be in a distinction, but I do know what you're talking about here, and I do agree that that's essential to having a, the other person open up to you. Exactly. Because so, if you mm-hmm. come on too direct, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you come on too forceful, assertive, aggressive, they won't be open with you. Right. The more open you are with people, then the more they'll feel safe in opening up to you. Mm. So that's back to the kind of the win-win, and then when you give, which you're giving your openness to somebody else, then they start to realize, well, they feel you know, psychologically, there's some aspect of, well, they feel safe. Mm-hmm. Now I'm feeling safe. And that ties into the listening. When I really pay attention to someone and listen, and I'm open to hearing what they have to say, then they'll share more with me. Mm. And the thing for me with networking is I'm, I'm, at, I'm building my network, not just for me. The truth is I'm building my network so that I have more to offer others. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. That is the bigger picture, and that is the win-win-win yes. that transforms the planet. You are not doing it yes. for you. You're doing it, it for everybody. Absolutely. And when you sh- when that shifts, then all those things that get in the way of being vulnerable or rejection or whatever falls away because it's not about you anymore. Oh. And it's not. It's, it's, yeah. The truth is it's not. A network is not about any one person. <laughs> That's why it's called a network. (laughs) Yeah, it's not the Donna work. It's not the Joe work. It's the network. Exactly. But as as individuals, we get that confused and collapse Mm -hmm. that sometimes in terms of thinking it's about us. 
Wow. But the thing is, I'm building my network not for me. I'm building my network so that I have more to offer the people in my network. The other thing that that shifts is I really start paying attention and gathering information and contacts from all arenas, not just the things that I think are going to be of value to me. Hmm. Whereas so, some people go out there and they network with the people who they think will give them something. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, this way I'm just I'm gathering I'm gathering all kinds of information and contacts because mm-hmm. it's not just for me. It's so that I have more to offer others. And I guess I should pause and just point out that because of that mindset, because of that perception that you you live from, that you want to help others, that you and I have had a relationship that's over 20 years. Yes. And because you were focused, and we, I guess we were both practicing this because I helped you with the first book you that you, you came out with, but because we were helping each other and there was that mutual win-win, I think of you with the greatest love, affection, okay. deepest friendship, Always look forward to seeing you jump up and down when we do get finally get together. I mean, it's just a, a gleeful, a gleeful celebration. Yeah. Because same, it's not. Here. It's not one person, you know, doing something just for the other. It's it's a win-win. There's a real caring going on, and maybe that's right. what I wanted to say. Right. Well, I'm talking to Donna Fisher of DonnaFisher.com, who's written several books: Power Networking, People Power, Professional Networking for Dummies, and she does have a special offer that we'll be talking about in a minute. But before we get there. And before we wrap this up, I want to ask uh, you a very stimulating, I think stimulating question. <laughs> when it comes to networking, you know, we're in the computer age, but we're oh, yeah. not only in the computer age and the Internet age, we're now in the social networking age. Right. And we've got Twitter and Facebook right. and MySpace and all kind of things that I can't keep up with. Oh, me either. How, even with just Twitter and Facebook, and I'm pretty active on Twitter and semi put my toe in the water in Facebook, how does all of the social media transform networking? What What is your take on that? How are you using it? What are some pointers? What's your feeling? That's such a huge and yes. stimulating <laughs> yes, question and conversation. And I am active on, mainly active on Twitter and Facebook. And mm-hmm. I, um, that has been the biggest change in networking over the years is what technology is doing for it. Mm. And I will. I'm going to admit that I was very skeptical about it at first. Oh, uh, me too. And thinking it wasn't going to do anything for networking, and everybody was going to go off thinking they could build relationships online and find out they couldn't. Right. And now I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. So um, I stuck my toe in the water simply because it's the world that we live in, mm-hmm. and I'm always curious. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. curiosity. And then I started realizing as I was doing more online, again, mainly with Twitter and Facebook and a little bit with LinkedIn, that these conversations that were happening that were deepening the sense of relationship that I have with people. Like, Joe, like me being able to follow your uh, your tweets oh, yeah. while you were in Peru. Right, right. I mean, I was like, oh, my goodness. And I had another friend who was traveling to Jerusalem and was tweeting about his experiences. Mm. And that particular friend I'm going to see when I go to a convention this weekend. And I say friend. It's, a, it's really a business colleague mm. who I know from going to the same convention for years, and we always say hi. I know this year when I go to that convention – some of my conversations with some people that I've just been acquaintances with are going to be different because I have a greater sense of who they are personally and professionally because we've been online together. Yeah. I never expected 
that to be the case. I know that when I see some of these people as well, I have a whole different conversation. I have conversation generators right there. I can mm. go over and talk about their trip or or what happened with their pet or their cat or mm-hmm. you know something they posted on Twitter. I mean, it just it is creating a deeper sense of re- relationship mm-hmm. and connectedness. And I am you are able to get to people online that normally it would be difficult to get to. Isn't that the truth, yes. So the gatekeeper that was initially in the way when I was trying to reach Harvey McKay, yeah. but we worked our way around it anyway, yeah. the gatekeepers are gone. The yeah. playing field is even. Um, it's just a matter of connections. And it, I, I, it, it, it really is fascinating. Now, one of the key things is, for me, is the principles of networking and connecting consciously and creating opportunity, the principles of networking are the same, mm-hmm. online or face-to-face. It's about giving. It's about creating value. And actually, I think the online sites are are making that even more important. Yeah. That's always been what I've taught with networking. It's all about building relationships. It's like build the relationships, the business will come, it's mm-hmm. that whole thing. Well, now with the online, the whole deal with the online sites is create value. Create value, create value, create value. Then people will want to follow you. People will want to be on the social media sites with you. And then it will eventually lead to business and opportunities. I love that you put relationship first. I've said for a long time that in psychology and in selling, the basic rule of thumb is people buy from people they know, they like, and they respect. Right. And one of the things I've enjoyed with Twitter, even though I began that with a skeptical mindset, <laughs> thinking, why do I want anybody to follow me, and why would I follow anybody right. else? But now I'm enjoying it, and I Twitter all day long right. and tell people everything I'm doing. Well, why do I do it? It's because it creates relationship. They get yes. to see that this is this Joe is real. He is right. doing. He's in a hot tub. He's in Peru. He's going to Bermuda, whatever it happens to be. Uh, while I think of it, what is your Twitter handle in case people would like to follow you at Twitter? It is Donna Fisher. I okay. Like to keep it simple. No. <laughs> well, I I like that, but that was a mistake since when I joined Twitter, I just used Mr. Fire, but I didn't know that it would go anywhere, and right. now I have Joe Vitale imposters out there, right. and I've had to repeatedly tell people the real Joe Vitale is it's at Twitter dot com slash Mr. Fire. Yeah, and you've had that. You've used Mr. Fire for a long time. Yeah, it's been yeah. my handle, my website, right. and the whole thing. So, but anyway, you you see that the social media is a way to extend, deepen, and maybe even hasten, quicken uh, networking. Oh, absolutely. You can get to more people more quickly. Uh, You can get information out there quickly. I mean, we're all seeing that even with how news shows up online. And, and, um, you know, you can have an insider awareness and you can share it immediately. If I've got um, an event or something, I can get the invitation out there to thousands of people where mm-hmm. that would have been difficult to you know to do on mm. the phone or in any other venue it's mm-hmm. it's really bringing our world together um as a network in an amazing way and what's important is for us to use it respectfully uh wisely um and appropriately but use it for good to use mm-hmm. you know create value and use it for good cuz anything can be used you know Either way. Either way. <laughs> yes, we're going to choose the higher path here. Yes, and the idea is that um, 
technology is not the master. We're the master. We're the ones to, mm. that we get to choose how we use the technology. And some of my classes around that, people are concerned about, well, how many, how often do I have to be on? I'm like, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. You, you know, do however many tweets you want or participate at whatever level w- works for you with what uh, serves you. There's no particular way. We're creating it as mm-hmm. we go. Well, let me ask you a few random questions as we round this out here. Okay. Uh, one is, you have a NIA white belt, and you're a certified NIA teacher. I am. NIA. What is NIA? <laughs> NIA is a blend of dance, martial arts, and healing arts. My and goodness, dance, martial arts, and healing arts. I have always, always, always loved dance. Movement makes me smile. I just love dance. Oh. And I wasn't doing much <clears throat> with dance, and I was really missing it and wanted a place to have that um, that passion honored in my life, and I heard about, uh, some friends started telling me about Mia, and I was kind of, yeah, okay, all right. And <laughs> I finally went to a class, and I was like, oh, and immediately signed up for uh, to be trained. And the thing, I, one of the things I love about Mia, it is, it is about movement, and it very much um, also blends a lot of what I would call spiritual and conscious principles into it and about being in touch with our body and breathing and being mm-hmm. aware and all of that. So, oh, it sounds beautiful. I'll have to see that sometime. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, another question, you have several books. Which is the one you would want people to read first? I, of course, know them all, and I want people to get them all. But out of them, is there one you would say, well, if you want to learn networking and extend what we've talked about, which one would you send them to? I would probably send them to Power Networking, partly because, it's based on an assessment where they can go through and very quickly and easily um, get focused on what would make the biggest difference in them being mm-hmm. more effective as a networker. The self-assessment is designed so that they go, oh, yeah, I do that. Oh, yeah, I could do more uh. of that. Oh, yeah, I used to do that. Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> you know. So it just kind of gets it all clear in your head. Got it. Okay. And then you know the steps to take, and it's got very specific steps and actions on what to do to further your networking. You mentioned conversational generators, conversational starters. Yes. Uh, can you give me one? Yeah. Well, uh, one of the one that I mentioned, one of the ones that I mentioned that's really my favorite is, you know, this is my first time here. What can mm-hmm. you tell me about this event? Mm-hmm. Or simply to say something about, um, I hear the speaker today is really supposed to be exceptional in the area of such and such. Mm-hmm. Or. Um, like if you were at a wedding, you might say, I'm friends with the bride. How mm-hmm. do you happen to know the couple? Anything like that. Okay. The, the main thing is to uh, make a comment on something that's easy for them to comment on. Mm-hmm. So it could be something about the room, the environment, the size of the group, the purpose of the event, just something that's easy because what you're really doing at that moment is inviting people to be in conversation with you. So you're not going to ask them, please explain Einstein's theory of relativity right. to me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Much more simple, immediate, and dealing yeah. with what you're both sharing yeah. in. So you don't want to ask a question that they <coughs> hardly even have to give any thought to. Mm-hmm. You either want to make a comment or ask a question that they can just easily respond, but yeah, without even thinking. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know that you mentioned to me earlier, and I've mentioned a few times on the phone call, that you have some sort of bonus or 
special offer for Hypnotic Gold listeners. Can you explain I, that? And I give do, and I do have one other thing if we have time to go yeah. and talk to you as a specific tip. Oh, give it to me. Give it, okay. Um, this is one about, at, we were talking about asking. Uh-huh. And what I recommend, because I combine uh, the networking principles with consciousness and uh, conscious language mm-hmm. principles. So I'm encouraging people to replace the word want with the word request. Mm. and just see what happens. Because lots of times what we'll do is we'll, we'll go, well, um, you know, I, I want to tell you about my new product or service. You know, I want to tell you that. Yeah. I, wanted, I want, and instead what you would say is I request 20 minutes of your time to show you such and such. Mm. I request that you take 10 minutes to look at. I request that you give me the name of someone who can help me with. So replace the word want with request. Mm. The idea is that when we say I want, we're just really creating more energy of wanting. And request is a more specific, uh, powerful word without the energy of want. Without the energy of wanting. I love that. I love that. Language is incredibly... I love the power of language and words. Right. The, the the better the language, the better the results we'll get. Right. So wonderful tip. Yeah. So that was one that I'd been playing with recently that I wanted to share with people, and then along with that, you know, just ask more people more often for more things. Make requests. Just make mm-hmm. requests, and and do it in such a way that it's fine for people to respond however they respond. Mm-hmm. It's all just um, it's a it's just a network that we're searching through to to get to the right people. And your special offer. My special offer is, I was talking about the assessment. I yeah. have um, I have the Power Networking Assessment. That is my offer to people. Mm-hmm. And all you need to do is go to DonnaFisher.com slash assessment dot HTML. And there will be a place to enter your email and put in under the code Mr. Fire. M-R-F-I-R-E? M-R-F-I-R-E. Dr. Joe Vitale's Twitter name, Mr. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then you will be sent uh, the Power Networking Self-Assessment, mm. which is some of the information we've talked about today and just a great way for anybody to go through and validate the things that you're already doing that work so that you'll keep doing those things. Find out where the challenges are. Find out where to give your attention to take your networking to the next level. Wonderful. I want to make sure I have that. So it's www.donnafisher.com forward slash assessment dot HTML. And then when they get there, they're going to put in the code Mr. Fire, M-R-F-I-R-E. Right. And then they will get that assessment, which is priceless, because I know this is this is how you realize what you've been doing and you know what to change so that you can go in there and get different results. Yes, so it helps to create the awareness that's so important. Mm. Awareness is always the first step to growing, learning, and changing in any way. So the self-assessment is about increasing the awareness and consciousness of what to do that will make a difference. Well, Donna, this has been absolutely fascinating, and I know I can talk to you for a long time. There's so much more things to discuss, including your drumming business. And and you probably know that there's a famous Joe Vitale drummer out there. There is. 
and I'm often asked, are you the drummer that was with the Eagles and Crosby, Stills, and Nash? And he's probably asked, are you the guy who was on That's Larry right. King? And you guys, <laughs> we, should make, we should set it up so you guys get to meet. I've, I've, do you know him? I'll have to check around on that. <laughs> I may know someone who does. Uh, with uh, the networking skills you have, it wouldn't be, fine, uh, be hard to find, <laughs> that would, would be it? Fun. That would be fun to do. Well, I bought his autobiography recently, and it was signed, so he, do, he does at least know I exist. Oh. So we will have to talk about that and all these things and more. But I've been talking to Donna Fisher. She's at DonnaFisher.com, and her books are Power Networking People Power, Professional Networking for Dummies. If you ever have a chance to hear her speak someplace because she's a keynote speaker, please go do it. Um, meanwhile, let me ask one final question, a quickie for you. Okay. What is a takeaway point, something you want people to think about or to do uh, a quote, a statement, just, just something to give people as we go out the door here. Well, one thing is my passion about this is the desire for people to connect. Mm. When people feel disconnected, that's when we tend to do destructive things to ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea here is, is, again, to network for a greater good, and that network is a way of life that will change the, the world and um, if all of us are out there connecting in, with the true spirit of networking. That's beautiful. Well, Donna, thank you again. I've told you before, I'll say it publicly, I love you, I appreciate you, I'm grateful for you. Thanks for doing this. I love you too, Joey. Thanks, this is, Joe. This has been, this has mm-hmm. been a real treat. Great Aww. fun. Thank you. You are welcome. Godspeed to all my listeners. See you next time for another Hypnotic Gold interview. Over and out. <laughs> 